Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the Michael Calderon Show. We're so glad you could join us. Um, and of course, today is Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving Day. So much to be grateful for. Uh, and our guest coming on today is Patricia Stark. And we're so excited to have her on. And we're going to be uh, connecting her momentarily. And uh, just a couple of just a couple of things. Last week's show, I had mentioned to you that uh, John Merrigan and Danielle Morgan uh, did have a new baby, and we were congratulating them. They're in the UK. And Danielle Morgan, if you haven't had a chance to check out her music, you want to go to Danielle Morgan Music and check out her music. Um, she's got an amazing voice, and of course, uh, John is a musician and producer, and you know, aside from the off-camera chemistry they have, they also have great chemistry uh, playing music together. So I just wanted to clarify something because I had reported that uh, their baby, their new baby, was Evelyn Rose. And that's actually a mistake. They actually had a niece born uh, one day um, apart from their daughter, Darcy Veronica. So I just wanted to clarify that. Congratulations to John and Danielle on the birth of baby Darcy Veronica. And, uh, you know, babies being born. What a beautiful thing. And, uh, and certainly, uh, you know, uh, something to be grateful for. Um, so let me tell you about today's guest uh, before we, uh, we bring her on. Uh, Patricia Stark is a media trainer, public speaking trainer, and certified body language specialist. She appears regularly as a guest TV communication expert and lifestyle expert and sought-after keynote speaker. On-air experience includes anchoring live international news for the Turkish network Hebrew, national uh, breaking news for Fox News Channel, and medical news for MDTV. She's also served as a contributor for the Huffington Post and the History Channel. Um, She's also an actress and is a member of the Screen Actors Guild and has appeared in numerous television commercials and, uh, and shows and held a recurring role on Law & Order Criminal Intent. Uh, she works closely with networks, production companies, corporate media, and individuals to prepare on-camera talent, TV guest experts, and public speakers, uh, and really to help them with their communication skills and to really shine in front of the camera. Um, and uh, if you want more information about her, please go to her website, um, www.patriciastark.com, and, uh, and make sure you connect with her on social media. Uh, you can connect with her um, on Twitter at ClickPatricia, and also on Instagram. Uh, she offers daily confidence tips covering body language, voice, public speaking, and everyday communication. And that's on Instagram. You can follow her at Patricia Stark Communications. Um, you will not be disappointed. You'll be very happy you did, and you can, you can thank me later. Um, so we're going to bring on, we're going to bring on uh, Patricia. Uh, Patricia, how are you today? I'm doing great, Michael. It's so wonderful to be here with you and all of your listeners. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I know uh, it took us a while coordinating schedules. Yes, um, it did. Yeah, I'm not sure who's busier, but uh, my guess is you might be slightly busier. Um, oh, I don't know but... about that, but busy is good. <laughs> 
Yes, yes. But I'm so glad that that we've uh, been able to make it happen. And uh, and I really appreciate that. And um, I wanted to, uh, first of all, uh, for you and your family, a very happy Thanksgiving holiday to you. And you as well. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone listening, too. Yes, yes, indeed. And, uh, you know, I was uh, reviewing some material on you, of course, and I learned something that I just want to confirm with you because uh, it wasn't in the in the bio that that I had read initially, and that you're also a former Miss New York. Is that correct? <laughs> that is true. Yes, uh, I don't always include that in every bio because it was many many moons ago. Uh, <laughs> but yes, it was uh, something that I uh, had gotten involved in when I was not long out of college, and. Uh, Fortunately, had a great uh, experience with it. I, I traveled uh, the, the state uh, representing Mario Cuomo's youth drug prevention campaign. I got to uh, interact in, in with a lot of nonprofits and travel the state and get to know the state. So it really was a, a wonderful experience that seems like a very long time ago at this point. <laughs> but, you know, uh, <laughs> Patricia, you look fabulous. So it doesn't look like it's been that long. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so let's let's talk about your younger years. You grew up where? So I grew up in Rockland County, New York, which is a suburb of New York City. We're about 15 minutes north, 20 minutes or so of the George Washington Bridge up the Hudson River. So if you were in New York City or you're familiar with that, and you actually leave the city across the George Washington Bridge to come into New Jersey, if you drive up the Hudson right along there, it turns into New York again, uh, just a little ways up there. So kind of halfway up to West Point, across from uh, Westchester. Uh, people think it's upstate when they live in the city, but it's really easy access. It's kind of the best of both yes. worlds uh, to get in and out of the city but live in the suburbs. Correct. Yeah, I you know, I was born and raised in New York City in Washington Heights. And, okay. uh, and my best friends uh, growing up, uh, lived in Rockland, in New City. Oh, okay. So yeah, I, I spent Pearl River. That was a little nervous. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I spent uh, many, many weekends up in New City. I used to take the bus oh. from the George Washington uh, Terminal, uh, right yeah. there on 177th and Broadway. I used to take it up to the Nanuet Mall. Oh my goodness! Yes, that was the location. Now it's been. Uh, uh, it's it's called the new old mall because since then we got the new West Nyack Mall, but then they redid the Nanuet Mall, so it's the the old mall that's the new mall now. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> and and a lot of people don't know. Uh, well, a couple of things. You know, I, I still refer to it as being upstate because you know when you're from the city, anything anything north of Yonkers is upstate. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes, I know. I laugh when people say upstate. I'm like, well. I actually can get home a lot quicker than people can get to some of the other boroughs or Long Island or New Jersey. So it gives me a chuckle. Yes, absolutely. And, um, you know, uh, but, but, you know, it is beautiful up there. And um, there was something I was going to say about upstate and now it just, it well, zapped right out of my brain. Well, you a lot of time in New City and going up and taking yeah. a bus up there. It's a beautiful area. Yeah, um, yeah. and I, I still know, have it'll, family. It'll, it'll come to you. Yeah, I have family, you know, all the way from Westchester all the way up to Orange County. Okay. So, uh, you know, you I know try to visit. Well. Oh, yeah. I try to visit as often as I can. Actually, now is a good time 
to be in that area, like to, if particularly if you're looking for apple cider donuts. <laughs> yes, yes, and I do love. You know, I I've traveled all around the country and many parts of the world, and obviously every place has its unique pros and cons. But the one thing I love about this area is the changing of the seasons and the beautiful fall colors. I'm an October baby. Just everything that relates to fall in this area is really just so beautiful. Absolutely. And um, so when you when you were crowned Miss New York, you were how old at the time? So I was, oh, you're going to make me go back here. So I was a couple of years out of college. I think I was 24, and I was okay. working for a local television station already. You know, I had gone to school for communications and journalism locally at St. Thomas Aquinas College in Rockland, which where I've actually uh, been a um, – an adjunct professor a few times. I go back there every year to speak to their com arts majors. I'm emceeing their big um, in January for their Hall of Fame for the first time. And, um, you know, it was just a, a great area to, to grow up in because I didn't have to stray too far. There was a, a nice local station here, uh, Channel 8, and I started working there. And uh, a part of that was kind of, I think, what helped me to win at the event because I was already working uh, in television. And, um, you know, I think that that went over well with the judges. A lot of the judges for Miss New York were agents and casting folks that were based out of Manhattan, who many of them I've actually stayed in touch with and and continued to have a a relationship professionally with uh, over the years. That was really a benefit for my career. It was just a great experience. It wasn't something that I actually set out to do. I was working for a a marketing company on the side also when I was in college and one of the senior executives who was very strong, confident uh, woman that was working there, she suggested, she's like, look, you, you want to get involved in television more and, and create more uh, opportunity for yourself. I think this is something that, uh, that you should enter. So it wasn't really something that I I ever thought about kind of fell in my lap and, and lo and behold, it ended up being a, a positive, good thing uh, for me when I was, was just starting out. That's great. And in, in your younger years, did you know that you wanted to be in media? When I went to college, I was really the first person in my family, as my all my siblings, I'm, I'm the baby of four, that went to uh, college. My two brothers were in the Navy, and my sister had gotten married and had started a family at a younger age. And it just wasn't something that was uh, something that we were thinking of doing. And then I was like, well, my friends are going to college. It's something I think I want to do. And I went to college majoring in business because I didn't know. I figured, well, I'll use business for whatever career I go into. And I took an introduction to communications class, and that sparked my interest. And then I took an introduction to broadcasting class where I looked at all of the equipment and the studio and fell in love with every part of it. I can still walk into a control room or a studio and not even be in front of the camera. And Everything about it just thrills me. I, I I love being in front or, or behind the scenes, even till this day. Right away, I knew that was something that just I found extremely exciting. And and your first role in in media professionally was was doing what? My first internship, MTV in New York City. I had a friend that 
had had an internship there. So I had that contact. She had gone to my college, and I I worked as an intern, running coffee, getting things for the different DJs that were on the air back then in the 80s, and they let me go on a couple of times doing some skits. I did a skit with Dweezil Zappa, if you remember that guy. I used to do their top uh, 10 or 100 countdowns sure. for their different videos. and. Uh, that was fun. And then my second internship was working at the local station up here, which was TKR Channel 8 at the time, which later became Cablevision. And I remember, I think I was doing restaurant reviews. And, of course, I wasn't some big restaurant critic. It was just for their local show called Eye on Rockland. And then after I finished that internship, they invited me to come and work on the show. I got a small job as an associate producer and a co-host of that show and then worked my way up to producer and uh, hosted that show for quite a few years and a live call-in show called Cable A to Z, which is everything you could possibly ever want to know about cable television, apparently. And then I left there uh, for Cablevision in New Jersey as a producer and an on-camera host. And, uh, and in probably about 94, I think it was 1994 or 95, I went out on my own to freelance as a on-camera talent, voiceover talent, auditioning and working through different agents and casting folks in New York City, and did that for quite a few years. There's, I don't want to go on and on and on, but I've had a lot of hats, a lot of roles, a lot of different jobs, but fortunately was always able to make my living either in front of the camera or through voiceovers, whether it was broadcasting, acting, corporate media, all different kinds of things that I could, could tell you about. That's great. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm chuckling a little bit here because uh, I remember when MTV first came out and, um, you know, uh, one of my very close friends growing up uh, was one of the original MTV dancers. And, oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. She now lives in California and, and, you know, is in production and stuff. But, you know, uh, so much has changed, you know, from from the earlier days of MTV. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it really Do they play funny. music anymore? I don't even know at this point. You know, I'm not sure. I, am I think not there was sure time that... where that was in question. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> um, um so uh, at some point, you also uh, started doing some acting, which is something yeah, well, I initially did not know about you either. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, like I said, it's either been some form of communication, audio, video, something wise to do with, with broadcasting or working in front of the camera. And I think that some of that started because some of those agents and casting folks that were the judges at Miss New York pageant had sent me out on several auditions and for different roles. And it's interesting because most of the time it wasn't much of a stretch. I would book the job playing the reporter, playing the anchor, playing the television host. Uh, that happened more times than not. I got the, my first thing I think was from America online. Wow. That's, that's going back. Nobody has that probably anymore. Some people maybe still do, but doing a, a, a broadcast, simulated broadcast for a commercial for them. I did another one for Oil of Olay, Olay Microsculpting Cream, playing a, a morning show host. And then, as you mentioned in the intro, I had auditioned for Law & Order Criminal Intent for a role, and uh, ended up it was a recurring role. The character's name was Dawn Condor. So whenever I would uh, cast in that, they'd call me back. 
and that was the gift, the gift they kept giving on four or five episodes where I would come in and either play a in-studio interviewer, host, on-camera anchor, or on-location radio, not radio, uh, reporter, but it was always the same character, and that was a lot of fun. So I think that I, it was easy to book those kind of roles because that's really what I do, so I, I guess I was always very comfortable with that. One, one time I got cast in a small independent film uh, playing a, a, a bad CIA agent who shot somebody, and then I ended up getting shot in the head at the end, and that's kind of an interesting story that um, – I, I won't go into too much detail, but that was a pretty <laughs> hysterical <laughs> role. <laughs> and and how long were you doing uh, Law and Order Criminal Intent? I would say that that probably spanned out over a two-year period. That they would call me in. Uh, not every uh, not every show, obviously, it would be infrequently, but it would be probably on a regular basis a few times within that 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 four-year period. I think it totaled four or five uh, episodes in total. And it's nice. Sometimes they'll, they'll, they'll re-air them. A couple of Sundays ago, my husband and I were watching TV on a Sunday morning, flipping around, and then lo and behold, there was one of the episodes. So that was a lot of fun. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah I've been a member of Screen Actors Guild uh, and Astra, which is now one union, since uh, 1997 when I first started doing some of that. So, I haven't done too much when I was working broadcasting and anchoring, uh, but uh, I may I may visit it again in the future because it's always fun. It's something that is is an enjoyable thing to do, and uh, I think because I don't stress out about it, it's not like I'm waiting to become some television or movie star. That there's a little less pressure, and it's it's fun when those little opportunities arise. Right. Right. And and actually, yeah, I I can recall it wasn't too long ago uh, you were you were anchoring uh, on Fox News as well. I think you were covering for someone. It was pretty recent, I want to say. Yeah, Is that right? I was there for uh, two years, and I left. I uh, resigned in Jan- just this past January. Uh, after uh, two years of uh, being on air, there it was just time for me to move on to to not doing the news. Right. But but within the past few months, weren't you on? I, I could have sworn you were you were on air. Within the past few months, I go on uh, as a guest expert a lot of times talking about okay. my communication training and things like that. Um, but uh, it's, it's, it's something that's not been uh, like a regular role. So right, okay. It, yeah, that's right, because we're connected on social media, so you may see different things. And I was just on 880 Radio here in New York. They were interviewing me about my, my training business and how I help people to uh, either perform for public speaking or be in front of the camera. Uh, so that might have been something that you saw. Okay. And and I know that you were also, you, you had uh, a, a couple of uh, small roles in Madam Secretary, which is one of my favorite shows as well. Yeah, same thing, playing a news anchor, uh, which is funny because you never know what's going to end up on the edit room floor. And uh, right. that was a little bit of a longer role that um, 
got cut a little bit, but it was still a little bit uh, on air there. But I did get to work with um, – I'm sorry, I'm, I'm getting a little distracted right now. Someone has entered my room where they're not supposed to enter when I told them I was going to be live on the air. Um, it was um, – I'm going to blank out his name now. But do you remember the movie? It was Eric Stoltz. Do you remember he played in that movie with Cher? Uh, it was called Mask, not The Mask, with um, – with the, I'm going to blank out. Not the comedy, The Mask, but okay. the movie Mask. And he okay. it was an, an actor from the 80s, and he directed some of the episodes of Maddox Secretary. So he was the director of uh, the one that I worked on. It was a lot of fun to get to meet him. Oh, that's great. That's wonderful. And um, I know that you uh, – t- tell me more about confidence. Yes. So this is one thing I'm really excited to talk to you about. Uh, we're talking a lot about my, my background and working in broadcasting and working in television. And it's all been wonderful and it's all been, been great. But something that has been so much more rewarding for me in many different ways is the business that I've built since, uh, I'd say, since right before my son was born, about 14 years now. It, it kind of happened by default. I, As I mentioned, I would work for different corporations. A lot of them have beautiful studios, just like you would find at a national network, and they will produce all kinds of videos and programs for training purposes, for motivational purposes, for their employees. And I would get hired many times because they were looking for someone to play a Katie Couric role, a Diane Sawyer, somebody to play the role of the moderator, host, or interviewer. And I've done quite a bit of these, probably over 2,000 of them for you name every industry probably that's out there, and I've done something for them. And I was at one of the companies for KPMG, the, the accounting organization in New Jersey, and we were filming, and some of the executives were really struggling, having a little bit of difficulty with the teleprompter. So I started coaching them through it just to help things along. And it went very well. And they called me back about a week later and asked if I would come in just to do training. So that was the light bulb moment for me to start my own business. And that started with offering teleprompter training for people that wanted to be in front of the camera. And that turned into offering TV hosting classes for people that wanted to perhaps host their own show or appear as a broadcaster to some degree. And then that kept changing into other things. When I started doing public speaking training, I started working with people that needed to go on air. Perhaps they were an author that just wrote a book or somebody that really didn't want to be in front of the media but now had to as a necessary evil to promote their services or something like that. And throughout all of that, I kept learning and helping people find their voice and find their confidence. And I, I wanted to write a book and I wanted to do it in such a way that it wasn't just people that needed to be in the media or were going to be public speaking for business reasons. I really wanted to find a way to extend this to where I could help anybody with their communication skills and their confidence levels. And and we didn't go far enough back to talk about why I also got involved in the industry that I got in. I, I was extremely shy when I was younger and didn't have a lot of confidence, and it was really difficult and, and debilitating. And I overcame a lot of obstacles as time went by and then I think overcompensated by 
finding my love to work in the media because I was so excited to finally have a voice and, and have some confidence. And I loved the whole idea of communicating. And I can remember being younger and wanting to read out loud and raise my hand in class. And I, I just, I couldn't do it. It was, it was nerve wracking. So when I finally was able to do it, it just thrilled me. And I wanted to give back and I wanted to help other people find that for themselves because I remember how hard it was. It affects every aspect of your life. And so when I set out to write this book, I thought, how can I offer this to anyone that wants to find this? So the two themes that kept coming up constantly was not just confidence, but finding your calm, finding that inner peace, you know, whether that may be with believing in yourself or finding faith in yourself or having faith in a higher power or, or doing those things that you need to do to be able to trust yourself. And, and that's how I, I ended up morphing those two terms together and, and getting that registered trademark for the term confidence so that it's a blend of both calm and confidence. And I'm just about finished with the book now. And, and again, I love the media training. I love the public speaking training. But this is kind of the book and now with some of the speeches that I'm giving where I'm, I'm showing how I want to be able to help anyone in any different type of communication situation or comfort situation where you're, where you're trying to find that confidence for yourself. Right. And, and, and it's a challenge. It, it, it's really a challenge because – you know, I know uh, I speak to a lot of people, and many of them have expressed this same struggle. Yeah. This same struggle of of not being, you know, not being comfortable in front of or in front of an audience. Uh, you know, I um, I officiate a lot of wedding ceremonies, and you know, it, it always. Uh, it always amazes me when I'm meeting with a couple and they say to me, uh, well, we want this, we want this ceremony to be very short because we get nervous in front of people. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, well, then maybe you shouldn't be having a public ceremony. (laughs) You know, I mean, why, why are you going to put yourself through that? You know, and right. and well, I have to do some that, some meditation with them and some coaching. You know, <laughs> right? I bet you do. I bet you do. You know, it's it really when, when people laugh about it being the biggest fear out there, this whole thing in the spotlight and, and public speaking. I think that it's so for so many reasons. I think that if people don't have a bad experience on their own with being in the spotlight or public speaking, they listen to other people's horror stories and public speaking nightmares, or they see terrible ex- examples of it on TV or movies or, or radio. And we, we have this, this fear that gets ingrained in us either by, like I said, osmosis or, or by something really happening to us when, when we're younger. And I think it is also about, you don't want to toot your own horn. You don't want to be overbearing. You don't want to wear out your welcome. So many people don't find that balance of, of enjoying the attention and maybe making the attention not have to be so much about themselves, but to find that way to exist in, in front of a group or in front of the spotlight and realize that the best way to do it truly is to make it be all inclusive and have it really not be about you. 
and, and have it be, I think that a way to flip that switch is for them to remember that, look at all these people that are coming to your wedding that love you and care about you, and you're celebrating with them. They're not here to watch you under, under a, uh, a, a magnifying glass. They're, they're here to celebrate right. with you, and, and you're here to make it be about them and share things with them. So I, I think it's that people putting that extreme microscope on themselves, and they really don't have to. Right, right, absolutely, absolutely. And um, your book is is going to be done when? So I'm going through the final process right now of doing my footnotes and making sure I'm sourcing everything. And what I had done was when I was been writing this book for quite a time now, and that's the working title. And I went through and just made sure that everything was going along this whole confidence theme. You know, the different chapters I cover are about confidence killers, confidence boosters, things that we do that involve our self-talk. But I even go into very uh, tangible things like your body language, how you're using your voice, uh, different things that you can, holistic things that you can uh, take internally, uh, different fruits and different uh, natural remedies, things that will help you maybe yes. not have so much of that fight or flight uh, feeling in, in that, that uh, physiological reaction to things. And I get into all kinds of things that uh, you can do for public speaking and, and interview skills and uh, little things that you can carry with you um, that can be little almost rituals that uh, you can do to kind of anchor yourself, to get you into that body, mind, and spirit and, and, and state of being that will help you feel more calm and, and confident and, and to, to have that earned confidence, I call. I, I talk about this whole chapter on when you feel you've earned the right to be somewhere, you come from a much more trusting place. Uh, right. Than if you just figure, well, how did I end up here? Because there's a lot of people that go through that imposter syndrome when suddenly someone's throwing a mic in front of them and they're supposed to be this expert. I mean, I can go on. There's so many things that to cover, but I, I try to simplify it. I try to give a lot of tools that people can use right away. So it's not just all about, hey, believe in yourself or this is why you should be confident. I've I, I really tried to find things that have not only worked for me over the years, but that I've learned from my clients that I've seen them use in different situations uh, and things that I have used when I've been live on the air under very stressful situations that can right. apply to just everyday uh, struggles. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I, um, when I, when I go to my ceremonies, I keep, a uh, a little packet of rescue remedy in my bag, yes, which good. you know is a homeopathic remedy uh, for mm-hmm. for anxiety because yeah. I've had to use it so many times with either right. brides or grooms. I mean, I had one that really had stage fright, and it was like, you know, five minutes before she's supposed to walk down the aisle. And we had yeah. to do some breathing exercises and some guided meditation. And I had to give her some rescue remedy. And, you know, I mean, it, it's real. It's a real, you know, debilitating thing that, that people can face. It um, is. Yeah. Which, and it's a downward you know, spiral. It, it, once it starts, it, it can yes. really get a stronghold on you. 
Yes, yes. So I'm glad that that you you've done so much work on confidence, and uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing the book. Um, let me know if I can pre-order it or or uh, not yet, you know. not yet. But one okay. thing I can say is that if you want to test your own confidence levels, write a book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because the whole time, the process of going through it, you are working so hard to make sure that it's being of service, that it's going to give good value, that it's going to speak to uh, people that are really going to be able to benefit by it. And even for me, I've had to remind myself, look, there's going to be critics. There's going to be people that might poo-poo it or may not think it's the best thing since sliced bread. And I have to then remind myself that, hey, look, you know what? Then it's not for them. Then they're not my right. reader. There will be people that will be helped that I know can benefit from this. So one of the greatest gifts that I've received, Michael, from working with so many people that I've coached and trained, and it's been famous people, famous athletes that you would know, um, models, actors, broadcasters, authors, big CEOs of, of companies, people that you would be sure they had their act together uh, from top to bottom. And then I get them in a room in private, cry, and they have doubts and fears, and they're trying something new too, or they're thinking that just because they were successful and confident in one situation, it's going to immediately translate into being in front of the camera and, and being in a new role, perhaps hosting a show or, or doing something live and things they've never done before. I have one um, example that I can't use the person's name, but there's somebody sure. that uh, people know very well from television, but it was always a taped show. And then they got hired to emcee this very big event that was going to be broadcast live on television. And we're, we're almost vomiting over the idea of that because that safety net of taped and then airing later was no longer going to be there. So it's, it's been a great thing when I go to speak to young people's groups and even groups of, of women in business or, or different uh, events that I go to, to let people just really understand that when anybody gets out of their comfort zone or they're putting pressure on themselves, or they're putting too high of a price on something, everyone has got that inner critic. Everybody has those same demons that it's what makes us human. It's what, really what we all have in common. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And, and you know, uh, for the general public, they don't, they don't see the behind-the-scenes, you know, work that's being done in preparation for a show. And, and uh, they don't see, you know, the pressure that's put on uh, not only to a show host, but really anyone that's, that's really participating. You know, there's a lot of pressure that's put on, uh, a lot of preparation, uh, even for you in writing a book. I mean, it's, it's a lot of pressure um, and it's not only pressure on you, but it impacts your husband. It impacts your son. It impacts the family home because, you know, there are times that you need to work silently and privately without any interruptions. And that's mm-hmm. hard to do when you, when you have other people in the home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. You know? and we're all, I think that everyone is juggling so many different roles these days that, that that's one thing I talk about in the book too, is, is just finding and, and, and not finding planning for 
those moments where you can have that quiet, where you can find your calm confidence to where you can just be by yourself and either meditate or pray or do whatever it takes to find your 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 place to to recharge your batteries to invest time in yourself to to turn off all of the noise and distractions and and we're all so bombarded by by media and so many things that are vying for our attention these days that it can be yes. you know, truly overwhelming i mean if we don't stop it that noise does not stop right and and how does patricia practice self care so how I practice uh, self-care is I make sure that I do take time for myself. Um, I am a person of very uh, strong faith. I, uh, I pray. I meditate. Uh, even before I work with clients or, or go on the air, um, I, I meditate and pray on having confidence and having a, a peace of mind and a calm and you know, asking for guidance to provide good value, to be of good service, to, to, to make the right choices, um, to, to have that, that, that sense of, of trusting in an inner trust within myself. Uh, there's this great story uh, from years ago called the red thread about how the red thread holds the ball together, whether it is, you know, being hit out of the park with an amazing home run or being pitched at 90, 100 miles an hour, that's this thing that runs through that ball that holds it all together. And for me, that is my faith and that is my family and that is my intention of always trying to do what's right and, and really help others as, as much as I can. And that And that sense of that really helps ground me and makes me feel like it's not just coming from me. And even right. within my writing of the book, I felt that I have had a partner uh, with God and my faith uh, in those moments that I've had doubt and worried that I was maybe not going to give the best advice or was it frivolous advice. And, and I'll always try to go back to that. Um, and, and I'll teach some of my clients a way to – picture their mind as this snow globe that's all shaken, shaken, shaken. And, and if you just sit there and have quiet, and even for 30 seconds, picture that settling in your mind. And then you can just have that decompression and, and feel that you've got that clear mind now. Uh, that in itself can help you right going into a situation. Several years ago, I had a client named Mark Thornton who had written a book called Meditation in New York Minute. And whether you're a person of faith or not, um, meditation and prayer are very similar. So if right. you want to even just word it as meditation uh, to a place where you're, you're, you're going internally and you're, and you're trying to find this peace, you know, he talked about how for just two minutes, you can be at the water cooler, you can go into the restroom, you can go remove yourself from any situation. And you know, with this visualization, picture that snow globe or a, a glass shaken with all sand in it. And, and to take that time to just really settle, bow your heart rate, do that breathing, and then on top of all of that, really visualize what you want to have happen. Never what you don't want to have happen. We're brilliant at, at visualizing what we don't want to have happen, but we are just as good at the opposite of visualizing what we do want to have happen, and that's an, that's an active role that we have to take, that you have to make the decision to do that. Just like I really believe that 
once you're a big boy or girl, that's your decision if you're going to be a pessimist or an optimist. You can have a right. lot of things. We all have baggage. We all have stuff that's happened to us or impacts our lives. And of course, some worse than others, when, depending on, on, on what we're carrying or with us. But at some point, it is a choice to decide how you're going to react to things and how you're going to live your life. So I, I think all of those things added up um, help me, and I, and I do try to practice what I preach when I'm, when I'm working with uh, people that I know need to try to find that you know, for themselves. Right, right. And, and, you know, and I've had other media professionals, you know, on this show and, uh, and self-care is so important. And, and I'm glad that, uh, that you do take the time to practice self-care. Um, you know, I think all of us probably fall short of, uh, of doing as much as we need to do to care for ourselves because, you know, I, I know you're involved in a lot of uh, extracurricular activities in terms of, you know, nonprofits and, and, you know, helping organizations and, and you're very giving and uh, you know, that, that can take a toll on people and, and people can get burnt out that way. And, uh, it's, and it's, it's important. Hard, mm-hmm. I think you can't overextend yourself and I think you have to yes. know when to say no. And I think that you have to pick things that, even if they are taking some of your energy, I think that even when you give, they energize you instead of depleting you. So yes. I think it's things that really mean something to you, that you really feel that you're, you're giving back to where you're not just giving, but you're actually getting because when you give, you certainly get. And, and I try to really make sure that most of the things that I do are actually energizing me. You know, you know, it's the difference between when you're exhausted and you have trouble going to sleep or when you're right. so exhausted because you had such a great day because things just felt so right, spot on, even though you worked so hard or you put a lot of yourself into it, that you pass out and you sleep like a baby because it was rewarding. Yes, 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 definitely. And, and, I'm saying yes, yes, because I can totally relate to that as well, you know, um, and, and, you know, yeah, sometimes we, we do have to kind of prioritize and decide, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm not going to do that, you know, and, and go down the list because there's also family time and, um, you know, you, you have your, your son and your husband, Brian, um, And, you know, and they come first, by the way. When I try to right. prioritize things, that, that is my foundation. That is, is first and foremost. And right. I think a lot of that is also why I love having my own business and doing my training and my coaching because that gives me so much more flexibility to be in the driver's seat to find that work-life balance uh, as, as my own boss of my own company, much more than it would if I wasn't in that role as I've not been sometimes in the past. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I, I know for me, uh, as I get older, things become clearer. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, and, uh, and, and you learn that, you know what, it's okay to say no to things. It's okay yeah. to say no to, to certain things because, you know, we can only be in one place at one time. 
And, yeah, and uh, if you spread yourself too thin, you can't, you're not really going to be able to give the right amount of energy and effort and positive energy to something anyway. So I would rather give somebody my best than give them half of my best because it really doesn't help anybody. Right, right. And what would you say have been some some highlights thus far of your career? Some highlights of my career working in front of the camera or doing the, the coaching and training or just anything in general? Your choice. <laughs> okay. So I would say that the highlights have been when either at the end of a session or multiple sessions or as time has passed when someone comes up to me and hugs me or kisses me or just comes running up so excited to tell me how much they have appreciated that I somehow helped them find their confidence or find their voice or, or, or achieve a goal or make them feel that they, again, earned the right to be somewhere. It, it's, it's incredibly rewarding to feel like you made a difference in someone's life and to make a difference in someone's confidence level to where they, you know, help you help them find that trust within themselves to where they can go and make a difference for other people or achieve a goal or find a voice and uh, speak up to themselves and empower themselves. That is, that's the most wonderful feeling in the whole world. And I think that that's, part of the reason that I'm writing the book because more than anything else, it's wonderful to be in front of the camera. It's wonderful to have people tell you, hey, I saw you on the air the other night or I saw you doing this, etc." And that's all great for your ego. But right. when somebody tells you you actually made a difference in their life and, and help them find their, their, their voice, their comfort, their confidence, their trust in themselves, I, I truly think that there's probably not much that's more rewarding than that. Right. Great point. Great point. And I, I can certainly relate to that. So have I hope have I you hope found more of that? <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, now I, I, I want to see it as soon as possible. <laughs> I, I signed up. I signed possible. up. Yeah, I signed up at your website for the mailing list. So oh, hopefully oh, there'll good. there'll be some kind of email blast that goes out. Oh, there definitely will be. And thank you for mentioning some of my social media links at the top of the show uh, because what I do try to do on Instagram and even on LinkedIn, because uh, I find that my business contacts on there are appreciated, I do try to give little nuggets, little morsels of the day and things like that where uh, I'll talk about little tips and tricks and secrets and, and uh, useful uh, things, exercises, things that people can do to help uh, increase their, their, their confidence, whether it's through their voice or body language or public speaking or things that we talked about, little tricks and tips, like you said, the rescue remedy or this lemon bomb blend that I find works like that. So I, I, I left, I, I'm sprinkling little nuggets around that are all uh, expanded on 
in the book. Uh, there's some right. things, obviously, that are I can't really give those little nuggets about because it wouldn't make sense because I have to go into more detail. But I've, I, I think I've done two things where I'm trying to give that value already. I'm trying to put that out there to, to, to give little things that will help people. And I guess in my own way, it's also tested the waters to see how those things will be received. And so far, they've been received really nicely. So, and I, and I do get feedback that people find them helpful and beneficial. So that, that gives me um, good feedback that I feel like I, I'm on the right track with, with, with the book expanding and, and some of the other things that I've done. So, so that's what, that's what I'm, I'm feeling so far good about. So we will, we will see. But it will definitely be like giving birth by the time this thing gets out there and gets published. <laughs> and well, I gave you know, birth I, to a 10-pound boy without uh, any drugs or any uh, any numbing medication. So uh, wow. yeah, that's really saying something. <laughs> Talk about a highlight. That's a highlight. <laughs> that's a big boy. Oh, yes, he was, and I would do it again, but uh, God blessed us with one, and we're lucky we got a great one. Right. And do you, did you find uh, before, you know, starting your own business and kind of going off on your own that that there was uh, a lot of juggling you were doing between home and work and, and all that stuff? Yeah, to some degree, but I kind of started, even though I went and, and I did some of these other jobs that we've mentioned, uh, there was a lot of flexibility at different times. I'd say that the two years when I was doing the on-air breaking news, that was the hardest because it was flipping my 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 schedule upside down. And ultimately, that was part of the reason that I decided not to continue because it wasn't great work-life balance for me. And I was doing right. less of what I was really finding was energizing me and being so rewarding. And, and so this last year almost now has been so great. And I think that with the onset of cell phones and email and all those other things, you know, I really got to partake a lot in my son's life and knowing that we could only have one child for the last 14 years I was class mom five or six times of the elementary school years rarely missed anything rarely missed a baseball game really tried very hard to make sure that uh, I didn't have to choose many things over that time being spent and uh, I think that that basking in the fact that I knew I only got to do this once and I was so happy that I could make it work that I did. So I have uh, fortunately no regrets um, and can thankfully say that, that uh, so far I've gotten to be there most of it. <laughs> right. And um, what would be your, your words of wisdom, uh, words of advice to, to someone um, starting out in media or even starting out in acting who, you know, maybe, maybe a little disappointed right now, what would be some, some words of enthusiasm that you could share? Well, I, I would think that first you got to ask yourself why, what, what is it? What is it? What's your why? What's making you want to choose this particular career is it for the right reasons? Is it for the wrong reasons? Like you have to be really sure on why is it? Is it your passion 100%? Do you see yourself never doing anything else other than that? Is it really something that 
you are willing to do whatever it takes to to make sacrifices to to be able to to be there and to and to not listen to the naysayers. There will always be so many people out there that will tell you a thousand reasons why there's too much competition, why you can't do this, why uh, you're not the right person for this or how unlikely it is that you might be able to achieve these things. And you have to be so sure and so passionate and so, you know, I always, I look at my work like my work has been my play. It's been, I get to do this. I'm so excited to do this. I can't wait to do this. It's been fun and, and, and always a positive thing for me. And, and I think that you need to be feeling that much passion and enthusiasm so that the naysayers don't bother you so that when you hear no you brush yourself off and you you get up and you go and you find another way there's been many times where I didn't walk in the front door I had to find in the back way I had to work my way around uh, another way another approach take no for an answer and get in there and and I think that knowing that the most important thing that you ever will hear is what you say to yourself because it's not just about self-talk and encouraging ourselves and not listening to that inner critic. It's what we say to ourselves about what other people say to us and what they've said about us and how we interpret that. So I think being really kind, being your own best coach, your own best uh, cheerleader in your head. You know, when I, when I work with people that want to get into broadcasting or need to be in front of the camera, et cetera, I will uh, explain to them that, you know, you need to end up to coach you. I can train you, but ultimately I can't live this for you when the actual event comes to pass. So you have to be able to find that way to be your best internal coach for yourself and to speak well to yourself and watch how you talk to yourself because we do it thousands of times a day. And again, the most important thing we ever will hear is what we say to ourselves about ourselves, about other people, about our lives, about our goals, about our beliefs, about our values. It all comes down to what we say internally that affects how we communicate externally, how we interact externally, how we achieve goals, work-life balance, any of these things all comes down to that, that internal self-talk. So true. So true. And, and many times people have been using, um, or rather have been playing a really negative message to themselves. And, uh, you know, many of them make it to my office and, and, and we have to kind of go through and process the message that they've been telling themselves for so many years and, yeah. and help them to reprogram the message to something positive, something uplifting. And, uh, yeah. And you brought up a good point that for years that people have been doing this, it's not an easy fix. It, it, no. You have to really be willing to start, start to reprogram that and, and, and to let it be a process and not expect it to be something that's going to happen overnight. Correct. Correct. And um, any, any thoughts or, or uh, observations on, you know, what's happening now with, with all of the uh, revelations of sexual harassment uh, in the media and, and in Hollywood? 
it's so sad and it's so disturbing. Uh, the good news is, is that it's opened the floodgates. Uh, people yes. are really feeling empowered and, and really speaking up. And uh, I, I think that the, the uh, it's time to pay the bill for a lot of people that have been getting away with a lot of things. And, you know, the, the one thing that I, that I will say to younger, younger women and, and, and to people that are out there that might be facing a situation like this is that, again, you, I think that by finding that internal confidence within yourself and the way that you are going to stand your ground and stand up for yourself and speak up and have that voice and find that voice and to do whatever you can in your personal life to empower yourself to where you are in a position to where people, um, you, you will see, you will show how you expect to be treated and how you will not allow that to happen. And I know that many times when you're young and you're just starting out and you don't have that, that confidence and you don't have that sure footed and, and it's really, it's really tough. So if I had a daughter I would just be trying everything that I could to make her be as sure-footed and 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 then filling filling herself with with confident, empowering people every step that she could, so that when that time happened, if it God forbid would ever happen, to be able to have that wherewithal to stand up to that and to speak up and stand your ground. And, I, and the good news is, is that this is just really creating a whole shift where people, thank God, that may have thought about doing this in the future are going to think twice now because right. everybody is, is finding their voice, even if they didn't have the confidence or they weren't in a position to have that voice in the past. Uh, people are empowered now to have that and, I'm, I'm hoping that this is going to really change a lot moving forward because it's, it's, it's terrible and uh, it's shocking. And I think that everybody has been shocked to uh, have, you see that no one is immune and, and people that you would be thinking, oh, gosh, this would never, what now this person? And it's like, you're, you're, you're almost afraid to see who's next because it's, it's just an awful situation. Right. Right. And, and, and also, you know, are we going to see uh, any males come out to, you know, report that a female sexually harassed them? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure yeah. that it goes both ways, and yeah. I think that people, um, it's a tough, it's a tough situation because it is. People are embarrassed. People uh, don't want to admit that because we're. I think that as we go through stages of our life, we become different people. So let's say that when you were in your 20s, this happened to you, and you didn't have that foundation to stand up for yourself or to uh, avoid the situation, and then you find that later on, you might be feel weird or feel vulnerable or feel naked to admit that you didn't have that at, at a certain time. So I don't fault anybody either way. I think that it's right. such an individual situation that if you, you do find the power to, to speak up and you think it can help other people, then by all means do it. But I also don't think that people should be pressured into putting themselves in the spotlight if they feel that that it hurt them uh, moving forward in any way. 
Right, right, or or re-traumatize them. Right, Um, absolutely, yeah. You know, uh, Lisa Guerrero from Inside Edition, uh, she tweeted something out uh, last night, and, uh, you know, it's real simple and direct, and it said, Handy Guide for Men. Do not do anything or say anything to your female coworkers that you would not do or say in front of your wife, mother, or daughter. See? Right. Easy. You're welcome. Yep. And, you know, I mean, that, that, that is an excellent tweet, in my opinion. Because, yeah. you know what, that is a real simple guide. And, and it could easily be, you know, uh, changed to say, handy guide for women, you know. Do not say right. anything to your male coworkers that you would not say in front of your husband, you know, your father or your daughter or, or your right. son, you know, um, because it, it, it can be that simple in terms of a guide to follow. You know, right. uh, when right. when I was in government, we always said, you know, when you were either sending out an email or some kind of correspondence is how would you feel if that made it to the front page of the newspaper? Right. Would you be okay with that? Exactly. You know, and, 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 exactly. and it was a good, it was a good litmus test. Right. And I think that that's great advice for somebody that just doesn't get it, doesn't understand the, the fine line between thinking that they're flirting, thinking that they're going to be able to get a date, hook up, whatever it may be. I think that, right. that, that the thing that's even more insidious is the people that do it deliberately to minimize and to control and to manipulate. Yeah. That is just, that's somebody that's not going to get even that simple line because they, they are doing it for, they're using it as a tool for a purpose and to have power and to make people feel less than so that they can build themselves up and, and think that they can get what they want. And boy, is that just the, the worst of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Patricia, I thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, I am I so appreciative. So much for having me. I am so appreciative of your time. And, uh, you know, every guest that comes on the show, I appreciate their time because I know that that is one of the most valuable things we have. Is, is the time we give to other people. You know, uh, it's time that we will never get back. So, you know, I always say invest your time wisely because, yeah. you know, it's, it's time that, that you, you truly give to someone else. Any, uh, any last comments before we close? Well, just to thank you for your time and for any of the listeners that, that have given us their time, uh, because I was excited about this. I couldn't wait for this. I was looking forward to it, uh, since we, we scheduled it and to be able to use that time to have the opportunity to talk about the work that I do and why I do it and uh, to talk about this book that I'm excited about um, and to you know, have that opportunity to let people know uh, that this is going to be something that's going to be coming out and to be able to have this platform to talk about my whole confidence idea and and why I want it to be something that um, can hopefully be of service and give value to people uh, was a thousand times worth my time to spend with you today. And, and I can't thank you enough for that. All right. Well, thank you. And anytime you want to come back on the show, 
you know, you have uh, you have an open invitation. We can have a confidence corner, and you can, you know, do whatever you like. <laughs> well, I would love that, and you know me, I'll just keep talking. If you have me on here, to go from somebody that couldn't raise their hand in class with their heart counting to, if you wanted right. to talk for three hours, I enjoy that. <laughs> That's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty interesting run, but yes, I would love that. And we could talk about body language. We could talk about yes. all kinds of different things, how to cure public speaking fear, or at least minimize it a little bit. There's so many things we could talk about. So yes, I would, I would love to uh, come back anytime that works for you. Okay. That sounds good. We'll definitely work on scheduling that. And again, uh, a very happy Thanksgiving uh, to you and your family. Um, yes, and happy Thanksgiving to you and your family and to everyone listening. And, and God bless, and uh, let's just all keep trying to be kind to others, but kind to ourselves as well. Absolutely. Thank you again, and God bless right. you. You too. Uh, well, care. folks, that has Bye-bye. been another, another great show. Uh, we thank Patricia for coming on. Uh, kind of her. Uh, and um want to wish everyone once again a very happy thanksgiving uh you know it's it's a time that uh, that we do celebrate and and you know and, and it's a time of gratitude but you know we should be practicing gratitude daily not just on thanksgiving uh you know it's it's nice always to come together family and friends and to uh to really enjoy one another and cherish one another um, so thank you. Thank you for, for spending some time with us uh, this evening. I know many of you are in the middle of preparations for tomorrow, so I really appreciate it. Um, and we will talk soon. Um, you know, follow the show page uh, for, for a schedule of future shows. You can sign up uh, at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Michael Calderon show. Um, definitely check out Patricia's website at www.patriciastark.com. Follow her on Instagram at Patricia Stark Communications, and also follow her on Twitter at Click Patricia. Click Patricia. Also follow me on Twitter at MJ Calderon Cap. All right, um, and you can also find me on Instagram at MJ Calderon Cap. Thank you so much, and we will talk soon. Bye bye now. <laughs>